Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Desiato, and this is my life. This is episode 55 entitled, When Working in Real Estate Gets Real. Things have been a little insane over the course of the last few weeks. Previously on the Real Person, Real Needs podcast, I mentioned that my wife and I recently were able to get pre-approved for a mortgage after over six years of being trapped in rental world. If you're tuning in for the first time, then I encourage you to go back and listen to episodes 4, 51, and 52 to get the full housing history. Now, we always want to keep our housing expenses lean and mean, so I decided to get pre-approved now based on my first two years working in real estate rather than wait until I made more money. Since I work in the industry now, I have a much better feel as to what's available in our price range and the current interest rates and loan programs. I also want to be sure that we're always in a good position regardless of how well or poor the real estate market is doing. First, we found a home that seemed too good to be true. It had every key component that we were looking for in a new home, and it was across the street from a diner. Now, that may sound like a weird thing, but I've always had this weird social fantasy of walking into a diner, cozying up to the counter for my usual breakfast, and shooting the breeze with the locals well into my 70s. Excuse me, Flo? (laughs) That's what makes me think of. Maybe they'd base a screenplay on it, or a television series. Anyway, we decided to put in an offer. The problem was that it appeared that there were three or four other people who had the same social fantasy. Or maybe they just liked the house too. Needless to say, we didn't get it. Then we found another home that we loved. But unfortunately, it needs a lot of work that we simply aren't prepared to do. Maybe if we had more capital. Or maybe if I could swing a hammer without damaging my beautiful guitar-playing fingers. As a quick aside, along with my vocal cords, my fingers are what I refer to as the money makers. You can listen to episode 43 to understand that reference. We decided to take a step back from that house, though I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still holding a candle for it. Maybe if it drops in price again, we'll see. Then we found a twin home, not my preference, but it had been recently renovated. The overall location was great in terms of proximity to work, family, etc. However, the home's specific location left a little to be desired. We decided to put in an offer, which was then rejected. And to be honest, we weren't that disappointed because we truly trust that God is going to orchestrate our search and that it must not have been the home for us. And that gave us a sense of peace. That was until less than an hour later when the listing agent called back and told us that the sellers had reconsidered our offer and accepted. After that phone call, we went through a whirlwind of emotions. We thought we knew what we wanted and trusted that God had closed the door. And then here it was swung open again rather unexpectedly. So after that, every 10 minutes I went from feeling excited to being overwhelmed with dread. You see, it's been over 10 years since we bought our first home. And even though I now work in the industry, I guess I wasn't quite prepared for this much anxiety. We thought we knew what we were getting into, but I guess you never can predict the future. After we went under contract, we took our kids through the home so that they could see it. And that's when we started to notice a few things that weren't quite what they first appeared to be. Right, you guys ready? Yep, um, that way. You ready? Watch out. How? You're gonna, you're gonna stay with us and you're gonna settle down. 
That's Neither a bed door. door. It's like a painted shut door. <laughs> Hey, look whose business cards here. Because they didn't have any showings. Because <laughs> they haven't had any cards since I yeah. dropped it off. They have one other showing. Can I want to buy this? This is why I want to buy this. What, Jess? Don't touch it now. This is why I want to buy Yeah, brand new refrigerator. And. Brand new oven, brand new microwave, brand new dishwasher. It's the future. Oh, yeah. It's the future. It's the future. It's the future. And look, we're gonna get. Look, we're gonna get stools, so you can sit here and eat breakfast in the morning. We're thinking about making this your bedroom and that your closet for your toys and all the stuff. You can fit I want to have to ask about that. I mean, there obviously isn't though. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's what that plug up there is for adding it later. Maybe, maybe they haven't installed it yet. Maybe they're not going to. Yeah, but that's that's misleading because they said it. So I'm gonna email her. And there's a big divot right there, so I didn't notice before until today. What is that? Mom, can we go up on the next floor now? Just a, what they just put carpet over a hole? Yeah. Come up in the home inspection, and they'll say, "No, this was covered up. Like, do this right." They stand by their work, supposedly. That's not okay. They can like, fix the floorboards. That's not a big deal for them. As everyone should, we then went through the process of getting the home inspected. It's necessary, but never an enjoyable experience, because all of a sudden you see every flaw that the home has that you didn't notice before. And this is an older home, so it's definitely got its share of flaws. So I feel like they just use the same um, kitchen counters for everything, and they just fit it in without making sure that, like, they, you get the same, you can't even open the refrigerator. I mean, yeah, it's all the way. There's no way they can do it. I was just saying, I think you take some of that off. They can't because it's up against the counter. Yeah. Don't fit. Don't work. This is, like, all the way up, basically, so... And it's not even touching there, it's down here. So need to replace the refrigerator. And they're including it, so it can't not it's, it's been offered with it, so they need a refrigerator that's actually going to fit in there. Now, you're forced to decide what you're willing to deal with and what would be considered deal breakers. Ugh. Talk about pressure. As a real estate agent, I'm supposed to have all the answers, but it's an entirely different ballgame when you're the one buying the house for yourself. It definitely gives me even more empathy for my clients than I already had. The home inspection uncovered quite a number of things that gave us pause, but after getting the opinions of a few specialists, I thought for sure that we'd be able to come to some agreement. But once we replied with our requested repairs, we found ourselves waiting and waiting for a response. Now this home was a flip, which if you don't have HGTV, is a home that was purchased on the cheap either from a sheriff's sale, short sale, or foreclosure, renovated, and then put back on the market to turn a profit. You probably hear the radio ads all the time. So the sellers had no connection to the home whatsoever. 
And the fact that we had not really connected on that intangible level to the house made the whole transaction feel a little off. In my experience, negotiations rarely take as long as the time allotted because most people want closure and don't want the process to drag on. For some reason, the fact that we were not hearing back quickly made us anxious. We'd really tried to be reasonable in our requests, and the listing agent even assured me that the number one item on our list would most likely be handled without question, since it's a common hazard in older homes and not worth ignoring. During the waiting period, my wife and I had started to become okay with all of the other items on our list not getting done, as long as priority number one was handled. After four days, the agent called us back to give us an update. It wasn't an official response, but at least was going to give us some insight into the negotiations. And we were shocked that there was even a question as to whether this particular issue, our number one priority, was going to be a deal breaker. In reality, it was the only deal breaker. The sellers were willing to fix all of the smaller items, but not the one that really mattered to us. Unfortunately, this conversation, coupled with the fears and anxiety we had already been wrestling with, led us to conclude that this home was not the one for us. We felt that if this home had been completely renovated, yet this particular item completely ignored, we couldn't reasonably assume that other items would not crop up in the future due to being overlooked. We finally had to make the difficult decision to walk away from the deal. The funny thing is, neither of us are that broken up about it. After having looked at a number of houses, we came to the conclusion that we probably wouldn't find a nicer home in our price range that was in this close proximity to work, family, etc. So our decision to make an offer on this particular home was based purely on logistics and reason, rather than on an emotional connection. The situation surrounding our decision aside, I don't think either of us were in love with this particular house. So that definitely makes the decision a little bit easier to swallow. So I made the phone call to terminate our agreement and effectively reset our home search. We spent over $700 on the various inspections with nothing to show for it. But as I said before, we actually feel better than we did when we were under contract. I'd thought that my lack of emotional connection was merely because I now work in real estate and that it's more business than personal for me. But as it turns out, I believe that my gut was telling me something and I'll be sure to listen more attentively the next time around. Because sometimes you just need to know when to walk away. What I'm about to say is no reflection on our current situation, but more a commentary on what I've experienced as a real estate agent. In a traditional real estate transaction, you have a homeowner who's probably lived in the home for a number of years selling their home to a new homeowner. One of the things that I strive to communicate to my clients is the importance of understanding the transaction from the opposing side. Now, I use that word not in an adversarial way, but simply because it's accurate. The sellers and buyers are at opposite ends of the settlement table. But one of my jobs is reminding people that regardless of whether they're buying or selling, everyone wants the same outcome. The seller's goal is to sell their home. The buyer's goal is to buy their home. 
The mortgage company wants to lend the money because that means collecting fees and interest, which keeps them in business. The agents want the home to change hands because that means their bills get paid and their family can eat for a few more weeks. Everyone wants the same thing, though sometimes it may seem that no one does. In our society, we've put far too much emphasis on being right or winning an argument. Now, one of my core values is to do what is right before what is profitable. Notice that I didn't say to be right. Believe me, being right would be a lot easier than doing what is right. As the old adage says, sometimes the hard thing and the right thing are the same thing. The seller who decides that winning the negotiation is more important than selling their home will be setting themselves up for one of the most stressful, unpleasant experiences of their entire life. I'm baffled that sellers are so easily offended when trying to sell their home that they forget the main objective, which is to sell their home. I can usually recognize the telltale signs, which, if I'm being honest, can easily be mistaken for a child being offended on the playground and subsequently taking their ball and going home. I've watched in horror as sellers go out of their way to sabotage the sale of their home for no other reason than wanting to put one over on the buyer and get the better end of the deal. This is why it's so important that sellers remember that once upon a time, not so long ago, apologies to Bon Jovi, they too were buyers. Sellers often balk at the idea of having to foot the bill for both sides of the agent's commission, conveniently forgetting that when they bought the home, they didn't pay a realtor to help them. The seller did. They also don't expect to have to do any repairs to the home because they lived in it just fine. The funny thing is, if the seller didn't spend money to keep their home in above average condition during all of the years that they lived there, then why do they think that the buyer should foot that bill? More importantly, why are they offended that someone offers less than asking price and then has a list of repairs they would like to have done? The money will be spent, whether it's over time, through home improvement projects, or when it comes time to sell. Wouldn't you rather enjoy those improvements while you still live there? Instead of fixing everything for someone else to enjoy? Sellers, put yourself in the buyer's shoes. Now don't worry, I also give the same advice to buyers, and maybe I'll talk about that on a future podcast. Imagine what it would have been like if you found your dream home, and the homeowner was being difficult or unreasonable in their take-it-or-leave-it stance to negotiations. It would be hard and would no doubt taint the entire home buying process. Now, you may have purchased your home under negative circumstances, and you personally dealt with a very difficult homeowner who tried to stonewall you every step of the way. I'm sorry for that. I truly am. But you can break that cycle by not using the emotions of that experience to cloud your judgment now that you sit in the seat of homeowner. The person who will want to buy your home doesn't deserve the same treatment you received, just as you didn't deserve it when it happened to you all those years ago. As you may prepare to sell your home in the future, I implore you to seriously consider the transaction from both sides. What are some things that would concern you as a buyer? Are there any wonky workarounds that you've lived with for years that may be in need of repair? Would you want to pay more for a home than the data shows it is worth? All of these questions need to be asked before your home hits the market. That way, you price your home accurately, market it truthfully, and attract a like-minded buyer who wants to make this transaction as smooth as possible. I truly believe that we can make a difference in real estate by being authentic and generous in the midst of a superficial and self-centered industry. 
Instead of trying to win a negotiation, it's time for current and future homeowners to seek a win-win solution so that we can be better people and better neighbors, working together to build a better community and hopefully a better world. Now, at this point, you may be ready to turn off the podcast because this isn't what you wanted to hear. You may also be ready to find another person to listen to about your real estate needs, a real shark, a strong negotiator who takes no prisoners. Believe me, there are plenty of those people out there, and there are plenty of other podcasts that will tell you the same old garbage about real estate, and they are perfectly content to burn bridges and leave a trail of bloodied victims in their wake. I, on the other hand, prefer to build bridges. For me, this industry is not about transactions, numbers, commission, and making a name for myself. It's about people, relationships, building a community, and leaving a legacy. Now, I know this approach may seem hopelessly optimistic and even a little naive, but I don't care. I believe it's the right thing to do. Because I'd rather leave a little profit on the table if it means inviting more people to the table of home ownership and helping others fulfill their lifelong dream of owning a home. We don't know what's next for us. We've kind of pumped the brakes on our home search. If something shows up on the market that really seems worth it, maybe we'll take a look. But for now, it's caused us to have a little bit of cold feet. And that's okay. We don't want to rush into anything. We want to be patient. And we want the home that we find to be our forever home. And that's what I try to do for all of my clients. I didn't intend for this podcast to be a commercial for my real estate business. But here we are, so let's just go with it. I would like to take a moment to give a shout out to some of the vendors that I work with and recommend for all my clients, specifically ASTAT Inspection Services. I cannot tell you how much I trust these guys. I use them for my own purchase, and I recommend them to everyone. They are so thorough and regularly find items that need to be addressed above and beyond what the typical home inspector would find. You can find them online, astatinspection.com. That's A-S-T-A-T inspection. Com. They've not paid for this advertisement. I'm just giving it to them because I really appreciate what these guys do on a regular basis and how they work honestly, ethically, and with integrity. So if you're in the market to buy a home and you're in the southeastern PA region, I encourage you to check out ASTAT Inspection. Anyway, that's it for this episode, number 55, or double nickels, as they say. Hopefully you'll come on back, tell people about this show, If you enjoy it, share it on social media, comment or like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. You can get all my information at my website. Go to realpersonrealneeds.com for more information. Leave us a review on iTunes and let's get the word out about being authentic and generous in the midst of a self-centered and superficial world. Thanks a lot for listening and Godspeed.